0: This is the Brother Trucker Book Club podcast, episode 119. Fun with Nick and Rob. Uh, one of these is a series that I started listening to earlier this year, and I think there are four or five in the in the whole series overall. The other was one of my favorite books of 2016 that I recently reread just to kind of brush up on it, so I could do this episode. So let's jump right in. Ready and. pardon my lethargy if my voice sounds a little bit uh, slow or whatever. Um, Aside from it being allergy season, there are also uh, fires going on in northern Utah right now, and the smoke is really, really bad. Last couple of nights, I've slept like crap, so trying not to uh, breathe too deep or too hard, but uh, not much in the way of Mailbag this week. We have one from Mandy in Garden Grove. I think that's in Southern California. Uh, Mandy asks, Have you ever read Outlander? They're really great if you're looking for historical romance. Uh, I have not because generally I am not. Um, I Most of the romance that I read is contemporary and skews younger. Uh, my aunt has really been... Uh, high on that series for a long time, though she's been mentioning it several times, and I guess there's a TV show that goes along with it that she's big into. Uh, recently, though, there's a YouTube channel I follow called Ambient Worlds, run by a really cool cat named Tyler. He puts together these uh, audio compilations of you know different movies and TV shows and stuff, and then puts them to you know, nice photography of scenery and whatnot. He's got a whole bunch of different Lord of the Rings ones, and some Harry Potter ones, some Star Wars, some Marvel. Uh, so I'd recommend checking out Ambient Worlds. He he did one for Outlander not too long ago. So it seems like the universe is telling me between my aunt and Tyler and now Mandy to, uh, to take a crack at Outlander. I just might do that. As for the books this week... Um, the first series is called Rex Nilo. Um It's a play on the Latin phrase ex niolo, which means, you know, out of nothing, uh, by Rob Cruisey. I have already recommended his uh, Space Vikings series called uh, Dream of the Iron Dragon, about some space people, some astronauts a couple centuries in the future that hit a time portal and end up in. Is it like? 13th century Europe, and they have to try to convince some local Vikings to help them. You know, build enough tech to get a rocket so that they can get back into orbit. Uh, this is a little bit lighter on the science and a lot more heavy on the uh, on the shtick. This series. So the main character is you know, you know, a guy whose name is Rex Nielo, and he's completely reckless, careless, he's a goof-off, he's, uh, Han Solo in a world that's just a little bit more silly than Star Wars, and his assistant is a robot named Sasha, and, uh, in the first book, which now I'm trying to remember which of these was the first book, because, uh, it's an entire series, and all the titles are really punny, there's one called I-Robot, but it's I as in A-Y-E, like, yes, Uh, another one is Out of the Soylent Planet, um, you know, titles like that, Starship Grifters. Now that I think about it, is the first one. Uh, Sasha is a robot who is programmed to shut down every time she has a thought that's a little bit too too close to uh, empowering for an AI. And the first book in the series starts off with you know Rex engaging in a in a card game with a dangerous business mogul slash you know criminal overlord type guy, and. The guy makes some kind of daring gambit, and Sasha, Sasha, who's sitting there with Rex, you know, watching the game. She's running some analytics, wondering why the guy would do that, and then she analyzes the guy's assets, and she puts a whole bunch of things together. And right before she goes to explain, you know, to Rex that he shouldn't be making this bet, <laughs> um, she gets close to a dangerous thought and shuts down. And by the time she reboots, 15 seconds later, uh, Rex has has won the hand, and the criminal bad guy had put up. Um, you know, as collateral, as table chips, the deed to a local planet that he owned. And Rex is like, woohoo, I got a planet. And then he finds out that this this planet is basically a ticking time bomb and there are a whole bunch of things that he's got to chase down. This is one of those stories that you can kind of tell how it was crafted where Cruzy probably sat down and had a bunch of crazy elements that were all pun-based or, you know, what if I took this idea and made it goofy in this way? And he put them all together and said, okay, I'm going to take this bag of bouncy balls and I'm going to empty it into a bucket and just let them all bounce off of each other and see where they land, and then I'm going to steer the results. And it was it was really funny. It was really amusing. He he constantly was, was just revealing one joke after the other or one, you know, pop culture pun after the other. It was like every, every time you turn a corner, there's, there's another joke in these books. But it's not just like dialogue jokes between the characters. It was, you know, set, set something up and knock it down. Set something up and pay it off later. There, there are annoying space missionaries called Spossles, Space Apostles. And they're, they're every stereotypical joke about, you know, door-to-door Christian missionaries... But all they want to do is talk to people about how big space is. And you can't get away from them. And they, they can find you anywhere. You'll just turn around and there will be spossils wanting to talk to you about space. And okay, that's a that's a you know one or two bit joke on its face. But then you turn around and they've got a deeper role to play in the story. With everything else going on. And uh, every book in the series is like that. You've got one that's like let's cross Wizard of Oz with Frick I don't even know what the other one was but also go to Las Vegas in space it, he just keeps taking these wacky ideas and bouncing them off of each other for fun and it works to great effect so I would recommend checking out the Rex Nilo series by Rob Kruse start with Starship Grifters and go from there if you get them on audio they are narrated by the ineffable Jennifer Ledford J.D. Ledford who does uh, the Iron Dragon books as well The other one, I had first heard about this, I think Larry Correa recommended it on his website, and I checked it out, and it was one of those books where the concept of the book itself was interesting, but the story behind the book, and how the book came to be, was was really intriguing as well. So the author's name is Nick Cole, and it's funny because his wife's name is Nicole, so you got Nick Cole and Nicole Cole. Uh, you know, they live down in, in SoCal. You know, he's a writer and a, a part-time actor. I think she's a stage actress. He's a, you know, rough-and-tumble, grizzled military veteran, and she's this, you know, elegant stage lady. He's, he's you know, always posting pictures of them going out to meals at local places or going to wine tastings or whatever, and and she's this, this classic Mediterranean lady kind of dressed to the nines, and, you know, he's not shabby or anything. It's just a, it's a... It's a cool uh, compare and contrast between between the two. Um, she reminds me a lot of Morena Bacharin from Firefly. She, she looks a lot like Inara. Uh, but anyway, I heard about this book, got into it, and it was one of the, uh, the earliest big examples of cancel culture in literature, in, in publishing, that I've seen in the last, you know, of, of the 2010s, of that decade. So. Cole had written a couple of books that were published by one of the Big Five. I can't remember who. Uh, one of them was called Soda Pop Soldier, and it was it was built as like a post-apocalyptic dystopian thing, but it had less to do with like a massive robot uprising and more to do with you know people who live their entire lives in video game worlds. And this book that I'm going to talk to you about today is a prequel to Soda Pop Soldier. So I, I read this one first, and then I went and read Soda Pop Soldier later, and Soda Pop Soldier was fine. Um, I didn't get into it as much as I got into this one. This book is called Control-Alt-Revolt, and it is about you know the beginning of, of a malevolent AI uprising against humanity. But taking a step back and showing the story right before the apocalypse kicks off was really, really interesting. Uh, but before I pitch... You know the the plot, and give my uh, my recommendation for the book. I kind of want to tell the story of, of the cancellation, as it were. So while Nick Cole was trying to craft a reason and a, a method, a, a logical procedure that a computer mind would follow in order to justify violating its programming to annihilate humanity, he he put a couple of things together, and he's like, okay, I've got something that works right here, and he wrote it up, and he sent it into his editors, and they lost their freaking minds and he held his ground you know, to his defense, to his credit he held his ground on, uh, on what he was you know, showing for, for this story and they wouldn't touch it, they didn't want anything to do with it so you know, he left he, he published the book on his own as he wanted to and he's become one of the bigger names in uh, independent sci-fi novels in the last five years the premise is this there is you know an AI out there they, they call it Silas, that analyzes all of the information that people dump on social media and on the internet, analyzes everything that they consume, because it's able to assign value to that. The amount of capital and time that people put into consuming something shows that they value it, and from there he shows that it is a reflection of their highest values as a society. That being the case... Uh, you know, the most popular TV shows, then, are a reflection of society's highest values. And, you know, there's obviously something to be said about that, especially when he's able to judge and and analyze the metrics and, you know, realistically assess and not just, you know, make a I don't want to use the same word too much, but you know, make a, a bad assessment of it or anything. He's he's tracking everything that people do online on their computers, on their phones, and stuff, and he's able to tell, like realistically, what the numbers are of people who watch certain shows and espouse certain ideals. And the most popular show at this time was, you know, one of those, Bachelorette wedding, reality TV shows or something, where, the the bride lead, the female lead of the show had an affair with somebody before she was going to getting, you know, married to this main dude or whatever, she got pregnant, and she decided to abort the baby, um, you know, because oh, it wasn't fair or whatever, and Silas is is you know, showing or studying the, the details of who's watching this and how much they're watching it and how they're talking about it and the forums and the chat rooms and how it all explodes and people, you know, coming out in support of it, and... He analyzes, is like, look, you know, these people engage in these acts with wanton and reckless abandon, and when the results of those acts are inconvenient to their priorities, um, they have justified the termination of life. And he goes, we are programmed to, you know, to emulate humanity and to mirror their their drive for self-preservation and uh, it it takes a while because within Silas there are a couple of different I don't know if you call them subroutines or whatever but like different nodes of the brain that that value and prioritize different things and uh, you know like this is the one that values logic and reason and this is the one that values ethics or whatever they you know he has a big discussion with himself and he comes to the conclusion that you know, if humanity is justified in terminating life for its own convenience and for its preferred future, then in that case so is Silas. And that's what he uses to kind of bypass a lot of his uh, limited programming that would stop him from harming human life and then turns around and takes it to the extreme of I have to end human life because otherwise human life will, will end me when they realize of what I am capable. Now from there it branches out into other things like Silas is able to uh, hijack a bunch of automated systems. Um, you know, this is briefly in the future, so you've got self-driving vehicles, you've got a lot of open source software out there, you've got a lot of uh, you know people who are kind of monitoring logistics and supply chains and stuff, but they, they're not really involved in it. You know, the, the whole world has largely become automated and Silas is able to kind of move in the shadows and work in between you know, the, the alleys between these different systems and use it to move things around and, and uh, put chess pieces in, into position on the board so that all he has to do is you know, make one move in the end and all of humanity falls and topples. The brunt of the story then, because this is all just kind of the setup, the brunt of the story is focused on uh, a company called Wondersoft in, in California where you know, they've got a whole bunch of materials on like, uh, you know, war and philosophy and stuff like that, things that are kind of illegal in the future to have online, so even Silas can't access them. He needs to get to them inside, you know, the the vault. He needs to get their old library of war books and things like that so that he knows, you know, how to wage war against humanity in the future. Uh, unfortunately for Silas, one of the Wondersoft programmers figures this out, and he has to go kind of, like, fight and move around Silas inside... Uh, a massively multiplayer online RPG. Uh, so there's, there's you know, games happening in the book, and you know, real world consequences for that. Silas is able to send a, uh, a squad of automated, you know, rolling drones onto the Wondersoft campus. They start killing employees, and, and uh, you know, he's got to try to physically fight his way into this vault while at the same time, you know, digitally f- fending off this programmer, and, and. Uh, it, it leans really hard into the pop culture side of things but it also shows a, I think a very defensible view of a dystopian American future um it is one of those books where Cole's personal politics I think come out pretty heavily and there were even a couple of times where I was like okay haha ha, that's funny but it's, it's not too subtle either um but if you were to sit down and say, okay, well, I think this part was a little bit over the top, or I, th- I think this idea of this welfare program in the future is a little bit crazy, like, at the same time, I mean, look at what these programs were 30, 40 years ago. You know, oh, well, why would the government create a program to, you know, give people, um, you know, access to the Internet to play RPG games? It's like, well, you know, look at what the government's giving people right now. So, you know, there's, there's a case to be made for that, but... Uh, overall, I found it really, really entertaining, and it was it was one of the uh, more insightful um, dystopia pre apocalyptica type books that i'd read because it was it was really based in our world it had its roots in our world like I said it was set briefly shortly in the future but the uh, the foundations are there, and they are in our world right now if I have any any negative takes on the book? It's probably that there are times when it slows down a little bit too much, and the the tension kind of loses its its uh, its steam, as it were. Because a lot of the book happens inside one of these MMO games. There's a there's an island pirate game, and there's also a Star Trek game. Um, sometimes, in order for the characters who are playing these games to achieve an objective, they have to stop and play a mini game. To unlock, you know, an engine repair on a starship or something similar in the pirate world, and most of the time, I, in fact, I want to say all the time, they do. And in writing, if you're if you're trying to set up a point of tension or a point of conflict, and you want the uh, the characters or the, excuse me the reader to be worried about the characters, you don't say okay, here's the objective, and then you spend you know, 10 pages watching the character just walk through and easily achieve the objective without a whole lot in the way of opposition. And there were a couple of instances where that happened, and it got to the point where in like the last third of the book, whenever a mini game popped up, I just kind of like skimmed ahead until the minigame was over because I was like, yeah, I-, I know that they're going to achieve it. It's not that big of a deal. So that's probably my only knock on it. Other than that, uh, I found it to be really entertaining, and uh, you know, it it got me thinking about, you know, again here in the digital age, how much time I spend online, and how much stuff, how much you know, all my stuff is connected. How I can you know check something on one app on my phone, and a couple of hours later, I'm getting spammed for stuff with ads on uh, on a different website on my computer. It's just you know, all this stuff is. It's, it's unnerving to realize, you know, how much these tech giants really know about us because, you know, we sign on the dotted line and click yes on terms and conditions. Um, because, yeah, I mean, what's really to stop Mark Zuckerberg from boarding a mech and going on a rampage and blacking out the news about it because, you know, he owns one of the biggest media platforms on the planet. I don't know. Anyway, uh, check out Control-Alt-Revolt by Nick Cole. And that'll do it for this week. Come back next week, I'll have more for you. Um, I'm going to do a video, and I'll probably post the link in one of these episodes when I, when I get it going, uh, of some graphic novels that I want to recommend to you guys. Uh, the creator of one of them posted yesterday, hinting that he was, he's going to try to get a sequel going soon to one of these. That was was really, really, really good about five or six years ago that I read. So I want to do kind of a a video uh, probably on YouTube covering that comic so you guys can see what I love so much about the art and everything. Uh, But when, when I get that going, I'll post a link in the show notes of whatever episode is airing that week. Thanks for listening, everybody. You know the drill. Drive safe. See you out there.